All right, this is the first in a full-on series of episodes that we're going to be doing here at the podcast all about the Mother Earth News Fairs. So what are the Mother Earth News Fairs? This all stems back from the legendary magazine Mother Earth News. If you don't know much about Mother Earth News, you should go and check it out. If you go to their website and their about section, here's a quick synopsis. They're the most popular and long-running sustainable lifestyle magazine. Mother Earth News provides wide-ranging expert editorial coverage of organic foods, country living, green transportation, renewable energy, natural health, and green building. Lively, insightful, and on the cutting edge, Mother Earth News is the definitive read for the growing number of Americans who choose wisely and live well. So the Mother Earth News Fair is like a live presentation of this magazine. And their snippet off MotherEarthNewsFair.com website says, The fair is your passport to money-saving hacks, health-boosting remedies, and environmental strategies from leading experts and entrepreneurs around the country. In addition to presentations and hands-on workshops, you'll encounter a vast marketplace abounding with innovative resources and products to enrich your life. We even host book signings featuring some of our favorite authors who are available to field questions and hear your stories one-on-one. It's also an ideal destination to meet and network with like-minded enthusiasts from across an array of fields, from natural health and beauty to homesteading for profit and beyond. Admission for children is free, and there are plenty of youth-oriented activities, including live animals. With our growing emphasis on interactive programming, you can learn new skill sets live and on-site. More than ever before, the Mother Earth News Fair is truly an immersive experience where the magazine comes to life. I think you'll get a feel for what these things are all about. These original episodes all take place previous to the Mother Earth News Fair that is happening in Albany, Oregon, August 3rd and August 4th of 2019. We'll also have episodes that take place at the fair, and we'll be talking with people after the fair who attended it and get to hear their perspectives on what went down. So without further ado, here's our first episode with Andrew Perkins. If you're someone who refuses to go along to get along, if you question whether the status quo is good enough for you and your family, you want to leave this world better off than you found it, and you consider independence a sacred thing, you may be a prepper, a gardener, a homesteader, a survivalist, a farmer, a rancher, an environmentalist, or a rugged outdoorsman. This show is for those who choose the road less traveled, the road to self-reliance, for those living a daring adventure, life off the grid. Andrew Perkins has been with Ogden Publications since 1999. Starting as assistant editor, he moved over to ad sales when the company acquired Mother Earth News in 2001. He worked on a variety of special projects before launching the Mother Earth News Fair in 2010. Since its inception, it has grown to six locations for fairs and are held every year across the United States. Andrew Perkins, welcome to the Off the Grid Biz Podcast. Hi, Brian. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Why don't you let us know a little bit about who you are and what you do for Ogden Publications? Well, sure. You summed it up pretty well there. So currently in my role, my title is the Events and Business Development Director. And a large part of my attention currently in how we're organized 
on what we call our marketing side of our business and business development side of our business. Um, currently, a lot of my time is developing and growing the events. Our flagship events, as you mentioned, are the Mother Earth News Fairs. And through those flagship events that you also mentioned are held annually around the country in a variety of places, um, we've developed uh, extension programs, breakout sessions, both during the fairs and, and leading up to them and sometimes shortly after. So that's consuming a lot of my attention. We're, we're entering a phase where we're actively looking for new locations that we've never been before. It's a lot of logistics work that goes into that. We're, we plan out, you know, a year sometimes, two in advance. And so that's been consuming a lot of my time, but that's okay because I've got a great team. Um, we have a, a fairly substantial ancillary product merchandise business. You know, we, we source product and we manufacture products that are endemic to the uh, interests of, of the folks that read our magazines and visit our websites, Mother Earth News being the, the large one. And I, so I oversee that, but we've got a great team that, that's working day in, day out on that initiative. But those are the two big main things. Got it. So we got a little bit of your resume background and everything. How did you end up at this point personally? How do you connect with all of this? How, how did you end up at Ogden Publications and so forth? Sure. So, you know, I grew up close to where we're located, which is in Topeka, Kansas. And I started with Ogden Publications fairly shortly out of college. You know, it was, it was maybe less than a year out of college. And my background, my degree was in journalism with an emphasis in business. It, that was in the late 90s and the job market was kind of tough. And uh, I really you know, wanted to stay in the field of, of journalism at that time. Um, it seemed like a good idea. Ogden is one of the few innovating company when it comes to consumer publishing. And a job opened up as an assistant editor for a magazine here that, uh, that we still produce called Grit. And at the time, we only produced two magazines. The magazines had just been acquired by our current owners. So there was these two rural lifestyle magazines, and I think they just launched a third one. And so I came in as an editor. Worked for years on the editorial side of our business. Mentioned to our publisher uh, at the time that I was a go-getter. I'd like to experience other sides of the business and really learn as much as I can and absorb as much as I can about the business in our industry. And a opportunity came up to move into ad sales. And I thought, well, boy, that's not quite what I was thinking. I'm, I don't know about sales, but I, then I meditated on it for a little bit. And I thought, you know, if I'm really going to be serious about understanding comprehensively how this business works, I, I need to go outside of my comfort zone. I got into ad sales. Shortly after that, we launched a, actually, it was soon after that that we acquired Mother Earth News. So that I was around when we acquired that. And, uh, my jump into ad sales stemmed from somebody who was currently selling for some other publications that we have moved over to work on the Mother Earth News project. And, and that's when I kind of got called over from the editorial side and jumped into ad sales. Soon after that, we launched another publication and I was gratefully picked to be a team to help coordinate uh, the launch of, of this other magazine. It was a motorcycle enthusiast magazine, which was a fun uh, project for me. And when I was working for the motorcycle magazine in that launch, I started building up a, a fairly decent product portfolio that were endemic to classic and vintage motorcycle enthusiasts, apparel, books, things like that. And with the success of that, uh, we all recognized a, a need to sort of build that up 
um, across the entire company. This is all goes along with the evolution of the publishing industry yeah. over the last 10 to 15 years. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, publishers who are on their toes and not back on their heels are constantly innovating and trying to figure out ways to engage with their readers as the as the landscape changes and print uh, subscriptions decline and, and advertising, conventional ad sales uh, move from traditional print to digital and now to social media. Publishers have need to reinvent themselves and that's the same for us. And I've been fortunate enough to be on the forefront of that. And so, of course, the, the genesis of that uh, was what I was doing then. And it evolved into um, this idea of, hey, here's our biggest title, Mother Earth News. Back in the 70s, Mother Earth News had a, used to have a location in North Carolina where they were published, but a physical location where they developed an eco-village where they uh, invented and they built things and they tested ideas that uh, authors wrote for articles. They were doing things that, that were really engaging people beyond just words on the paper. And so we kind of thought, this was back in 2008, 2009, we thought, you know, Maybe we don't buy land and build out this permanent spread just yet, but what if we took the idea of what the eco-village was, what the inspiration for that was, and we develop an event where people can come, and we've developed this tremendous community of folks that are specialists in these various areas that are covered in the magazine. Hmm. They're they're pretty renowned authors and well-known influencers. What if we create an environment where we can bring that community together and invite our readers out and they can engage on a personal level? That was an idea that was an approved idea, and we launched the first one in 2010. Since there, it's just grown uh, every year. It's an exciting thing to be a part of. Where was that first one at? It was on a ski resort, actually, in Pennsylvania. It's called Seven Springs Mountain Resort. It's about an hour southeast of Pittsburgh. Cool. Very cool. Who's the ideal attendee for the Mother Earth News Fairs? Who's just the perfect person that you think would get the most out of it? Well, I like to say everyone, of course, but uh, for sure people who are interested and very passionate about being more self-reliant for themselves, whether that's growing their own food, um, if if you want to get into beekeeping or raising small heritage breed livestock. I think that if you're that type of person, whether that's on hundred acres or a thousand acres even, or if that's on a half acre, I think that the Mother Earth News is the best event opportunity that you could possibly find in the country. And I especially think that that's important for young people, 20-somethings, that are getting hip to things like charcuterie and food preservation and all these DIY things that grandma used to do back in the days, or maybe even great-grandma, that we just don't see anymore in the industrial food environment that we're in and they want to learn what it's all about and what to do they can get a taste of that at the fair literally and figuratively yeah absolutely so what do you hope people are going to walk away with when they're done at the fair let's say they went for one day or two what do you hope they're really going to walk away with that's a good question i think the number one thing that i hope to see or that i wish to see is that people come in with a certain amount of hesitation, uh, even anxiety about doing these things um, that they've always thought that they've wanted to do, but don't know if they can invest the resources or the time or what they're just, they're just scared to kind of jump off that tipping point. And the hope is that they come away realizing that it might be a little bit easier than they think might be quite a bit more economical than they think. And they have a few key 
pieces of advice and some resources, hopefully, that they picked up from our bookstore that can get them on, at least on the track uh, that they want to be on. So that's the number one thing. Um, but lately, we've really put a lot more into the hands-on experience of being at affairs. This is something we started actually in Oregon two years ago at the Oregon Fair. We call it our hands-on sessions. So for years up until a couple of years ago, really the programming was, was information-based only. You came and you sat in a classroom setting, you listened to a presentation and maybe watched a PowerPoint. And, you know, some of them are incredibly good and that information is incredibly valuable and they're still popular and valuable. But we wanted to create an environment where people can actually get in and do some of these things. And when you say, what do you want them to take away with them uh, when they leave the fair? We actually do want them to take away cured meat, sauerkraut, a stitched leather bag that they just did from themselves, a uh, home herbal remedy concoction that they learn how to make in a class. So real stuff. Yeah, absolutely. That's great. Okay, we're going to pause the conversation right there. What you're listening to right now is a special edition podcast. These episodes all have to do with the Mother Earth News Fair in Albany, Oregon of 2019. At the time I'm recording this, we have learned so much about how to take advantage of events, and I want you to be able to use this information in your own business. Go to brianjpombo.com slash secrets. We are going to be putting out helpful materials on how you can use events to grow your business. When you go to this page, you will either see our latest programs, or if you make it there early enough, you will see an email address capture page. Put in your email address, and we will be sure and update you as soon as we get these out there. You're not going to want to miss this. If you get in early enough, you can get a special deal. These are principles that never go away. These programs will be based on the experience of people who have written books, spoken at the events, or exhibited there, talking about how to use events, books, and speaking, all to build your business. That's B-R-I-A-N-J-P-O-M-B-O dot com slash S-E-C-R-E-T-S. BrianJPombo.com slash secrets. And now, back to the conversation. We have business owners and executives who listen because we look a lot at self-reliant styled businesses on this podcast. What do you think from that perspective that they would be able to get from an event like this? Well, you know, we work very hard and we have all along on really getting in with our, with our companies that get involved and our partners that get involved, making sure we understand what level of engagement that they're, they're that they want to get out of these people. If they recognize, and that's sort of the, the entry point, if they recognize that our our constituency is one that they're interested in engaging with, then the next step is to figure out uh, what level are they excited about to engage them uh, at. And that could be, you know, sort of a conventional participation. You have a booth. Uh, maybe you want to just get your name in front of them as much as possible. So the stage screens have the, you know, the digital screens have the logos on there. Maybe they want to curate an aspect of the programming. Uh, we have a great partner of ours that's been a partner for years is the Livestock Conservancy. Their involvement is very important to us and, and I think important to them where uh, they're excited to engage with their members in these areas that we go to in the country by curating a stage of their breeders to come and talk about the the challenges and the and the surprises and, and maybe even the basics of getting started with some of these breeds. That's an example of engagement that we can work with them on offering. 
Uh, we've had tractor companies that come in and, and they're like, we got to sell tractors. And we found the way we sell tractors is, is if, to get people on them and to get digging with them and mowing with them. So we've put together field days that are adjacent to the fairs where people can come in and just test drive tractors all day, that kind of thing. Those are just a few examples that we try to work with them after we've gotten an, a sense, an idea of what level they want to engage at. Great. If someone's interested in becoming, like you said, a curator, a sponsor, an exhibitor, a speaker, or contribute in any way to the fair, who should they get a hold of and how should they do it? The easiest way is to go to our website. We have a contact us form and that contact form includes specifically if, if they're interested in getting information on either exhibiting or sponsoring. Mm -hmm. And we're certainly responsive within, you know, 24 hours on, on those inquiries. So that website's www.MotherEarthNewsFair.com. Great. Perfect. And then why are you doing it as a company? You know, from your perspective, what does, what's Ogden and Mother Earth News get out of putting on these events? A key point from a business standpoint, candidly, is what I already sort of talked about. To be an on-point publisher in 2019, you really have to be out there knowing who your audience is, knowing what your niche is, uh, niche is, and then getting in there and really understanding how to engage them in the face of some of the challenges that the industry is facing. And one of the ways that we recognize uh, that we need to do that from a business standpoint is to offer a real life, real time engagement. Nothing, you know, social media can't take that away mm -hmm. from, from us like they may have done with advertising and free blog websites maybe can't take that away from us the way they may have traditional print subscription. Nothing can replace that sort of face-to-face -face time. That's really important for us. Now, me personally, um, I couldn't be more fulfilled in uh, my career, uh, as it turns out, than to go to these events year over year and see these people really see their lives change. And it's exciting for me because it's also very apolitical. You know, you've got, sometimes you, I introduce myself as somebody who works with Mother Earth News and if they've not heard of it or if they're not aware of it, you know, there's oftentimes the context that it's sort of a hippie rag. And then of course I know that a lot of the background is, is much more sort of on the liber libertarian side in terms of the political spectrum, but all in there are people who just want to learn how to do things for themselves. And, and you see these people of different walks of life and different perspectives. Uh, come together and just sort of sit in a room and make cheese and uh, sauerkraut and all get along. And it's like, boy, we really have needed this, something like this, you know, it, through all the noise, this is such a great experience. So it's really fulfilling for me to see that and be involved in something like that versus other occupations that I might've gotten myself into. <laughs> Absolutely. What's left? I know you ha you've put on quite a few of them already this year. We have Albany, Oregon coming up, which I'm going to be attending with my uh, podcast producer, Sean. Are there any other Mother Earth News fairs that people can plug into? Yeah, we're halfway through the year. So we, we'll have six this year. We've done the first three. Albany, Oregon's the next one that's coming up uh, two weeks from today on August 2nd and 3rd, I believe. And then in September, we'll be back at Seven Springs where the first Mother Earth News Fair was. You know, I highly recommend of all the events, that one is unique because it's held in a resort setting. Everybody stays there. You know, we hang out at night. It's, you know, versus going back to the hotel or wherever. Um, it's truly special in that regard. It's also a two and a half day event and there's a lot of extended programs uh, 
outside of just the fair. And then we'll wrap up the year in October with our, our own hometown fair here in Topeka, Kansas. And you can find the specific dates on that on our website. Great. And if listeners are interested in finding out more or purchase tickets, they can find them on your website at motherearthnewsfair.com? Yeah. Fabulous. Well, is there any questions I didn't ask you that you'd like to answer, Andrew? I always point out that the Mother Earth News Fair are family-oriented events. They're very kid-friendly. We have a full slate of kids programming that happens. Kids typically love the animals, the breeds that we bring in. And for that reason, kids 17 or under are always free at all of our fairs. So that can save quite a bit and make a difference when deciding whether or not to come. Uh, also, I should point out that we have a free e-newsletter. It's called Mother Earth News Live. You can sign up for it right on our website. We kind of hit people up for it pretty, you know, square. So it's not, it's not hard to miss. And that's a free newsletter. We send it out weekly. It's updates. It's not just like updates and this is what's happening. I mean, there's actual content and, and relevant stuff to, to what people might be doing. But it's also the best way to stay up to date on what we're doing with the Mother Earth News Fairs. And it's also something that we use to give exclusive discounts to. And so it's the best way to say it if you're interested in coming. Awesome. That's really great, Andrew. I really appreciate you giving us time. This is going to be the first in a series of episodes that we have where we'll be interviewing other speakers and contributors to the Mother Earth News Fair. And so can't wait to find out more. And I can't wait to attend the one in Albany. So appreciate you giving us your time. And thanks for being on the Off the Grid Biz Podcast. But thanks for having me, Brian. This is a great kickoff and intro to the Mother Earth News Fairs and to the idea of event marketing to begin with. When you hear this, don't just think about the Mother Earth News Fairs. Think about how you can use these things to be able to help your business. A lot of these principles go across the board. Some of the stuff that Andrew mentioned, I'd like to point out real quick. Number one is the reinvention of publishing. 20 years ago, paper and ink magazines were still very popular and still very, very big business. Since the advent of the internet, it slowed down magazine growth. Not because print is dead, but because print now has competition (laughs) from online. With that extra competition comes a reshuffling of all the power structures, and it takes old publishers time to figure out the new paradigm. Well, this new paradigm doesn't need to be stuck in the ink on paper era. It can go beyond that. And it has gone beyond that. Like he mentioned, the Eco Village that Mother Earth News used to do already had a live place that people can go to and be able to get the three-dimensional aspect of what they're talking about in the magazine. All they did was they took this and put it on the road included a whole bunch more people. So you have all these authors and experts and entrepreneurs that are working in this marketplace, all coming together at one place, all different political persuasions and perspectives, all mixing together in a giant melting pot. It's a beautiful thing. I can't wait to go. And it brings an aspect of reality There's one thing to read about something, even if you're reading about it online. You can read about it. You can see the pictures of it. There's something completely different to getting your hands in it, to meeting the people that wrote the articles. And so to get back to your business, how many senses are you activating in the person? Let's say you have a podcast. Maybe you're getting to them audibly. Maybe they're able to see a blog post so they can see pictures. They can listen to you. 
How else are you activating the other senses? Do people have a chance to be able to meet you one-on-one? Do people get to tour your facilities? I'm just coming up with random ideas. How can you make this fit your business? If you don't put on an event, do you attend events? Do you put yourself out there and make yourself real for your customer? That's the real question. There's a reason why publications like Mother Earth News are going to survive, and it's because they're thinking outside the box. They're not stuck in their medium. They're willing to go beyond that. They have a podcast. They have events like the Mother Earth News Fair and many other things that they're doing to be able to get out there and reach the market and deliver the same product in a different way. Social media can't take that away from them. They no longer have to worry about the competition from online marketing. They can be their own thing. Andrew was basically referring to this engagement environment. And you'll hear that discussed over and over in the other conversations that we've already had. You'll be able to hear them as we broadcast them out there. For example, Frank Hyman, who wrote the book Hintopia, talks about how he has these workshops where he shows people how to build water systems for chickens. And he brings people up on stage to actually try the process. Deborah Neiman talks about it being Disney World for homesteaders. This is an engaging environment. This is an experience, not just a display to go look at. How are you providing an experience for your customers? And if you're not, what ways can you come up with that experiential treatment? We can go on and on, and I'm sure we'll have Andrew on in a further episode. But for now, make sure you subscribe to this podcast. Go to offthegridbiz.com and subscribe. If you're interested in learning more about events, go to brianjpombo.com slash secrets, and I'll catch you in the next episode. Join us again on the next Off The Grid Biz Podcast, brought to you by the team at brianjpombo.com, helping successful but overworked entrepreneurs transform their companies into dream assets. That's B-R-I-A-N-J-P-O-M-B-O dot com. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on the Off The Grid Biz Podcast, go to offthegridbiz.com slash contact. Those who appear on the show do not necessarily endorse my beliefs, suggestions, or advice, or any of the services provided by our sponsor. Our theme music is Cold Sun by Dell. Our executive producer and head researcher is Sean E. Douglas. I'm Brian Pombo, and until next time, I wish you peace, freedom, and success.